I can't say words anymore. Uh, I think episode nine. We're almost at double digits. Oh boy! Uh, and this episode is going to be a little looser. We're not going to be as uh, stringent as the other ones. But we do have a few things I want to talk about. Uh, I'm Jeremy. I'm your host for this week, and I'm joined by Laura and Eric. Laura and Eric, say hello. Hi. Hello. Okay. So we're just gonna start. Um, I've seen this story pop up on a few websites. Uh, there have been rumors and talks from the Titanfall 2 development team, and they have near, they have everything but confirmed a single-player mode for the game. And I don't like that. I don't think it's necessary, um, and I think it's stupid. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, did Did you guys play the first Titanfall at all? Played it very briefly at my like cousin's place. Okay. I mean it. I mean, here's my thing. I don't I don't like multiplayer only games. I mean, it's a game okay. like Titanfall and Evolve and as, as such, uh, they will get like very old within a couple of weeks. Like, there's only so much you can do before you get tired of shit. The same thing over and over again. And um, not that I haven't enjoyed you know, good only multiplayer games. Like, I do love Killing Floor, but it's just, I don't know, it's just, Titanfall is just, like, kind of rinse and repeat over and over again, and it was weird how this game tried to add some weird story context, but didn't actually have any context. Like, I remember yeah. there's, they were, there, you play with AI, like, companions, and you fight against AI as well, and then there would be, like, some weird moment during a match where a guy would be, like, all right, guys, I'm going to sacrifice myself now. It's been an honor serving with you. I'm like, who the fuck are you? Why am I supposed to like care about whether you die or not? There's no context at all given here. And uh, on top of that, it's just, I think, like, uh, I think the addition of the story is actually a good thing because, uh, for one, it's uh, better content, and for two, it's, uh, you know, more, more replay value, in my opinion, uh, depending on how you form your, your campaign. Um, and I thought... When I first saw Titanfall, it was a game that needed to have a story. I was like, okay, I want to I wanna understand what, what is this universe they're trying to build, etc. And you don't get really any of that when you play the game itself. So, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. Okay. Laura, did you I play think, it at all? Um, I played bits of it. Now, I am generally of the consensus of I don't like multiplayer only. But... Um, there are kind of, I think there is a specific difference between kind of Titanfall and Evolve versus the likes of Destiny. Where, you know, at least Destiny has spent, um, you know, granted it's had a longer time to do it, but has certainly created kind of a more in-depth world than the likes of Evolve or Titanfall. Where you're just kind of dropped in and, yeah, big robots! You know, which is kind of Titanfall's really only selling point in my mind. Okay. Um, and I played a bit of it, but I think it was only kind of the demo that they had out, and I just, I wasn't grabbed by it. I mean, there was only so much kind of yay big robots that I could really 
you know, kind of deal with before I went, you know, I'm kind of done. Okay. Oh, good. I'm in the minority. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, see, I love the game. I, I played it on, I got like, I don't know, 45 hours into it on PC. And it was the first time in a long time that I've really, really liked playing a shooter. And I think I'm in the, I want to say minority, but that's not true at all. Um, but for the for the vocal people who play video games and the, for the people who talk about video games, I feel like playing Call of Duty is something of a taboo. Um, but I like playing Call of Duties, especially the Black Ops games, and they were just fun to drop in on. They they certainly weren't hyper competitive, and they weren't super hard to um, to to get good enough at. But that's kind of why I liked it. I didn't have to really you know, go super try-hard mode, but I could do well if I were better at the game. Like, it didn't... It, I don't like CSGO because it demands such a, a commitment to it. Like, if you play it for 50 hours, you're a total novice. You're going to get stomped on no matter what. But something like uh, Call of Duty or Titanfall you can reach relative competency and do well. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to dominate lobbies, but you'll hold your own and you'll you'll have fun with it. And Titanfall felt like a as close it, it was a perf as close to perfect as you can get. A perfectly balanced game to me. I didn't feel like there were things that were ridiculously overpowered. There were things that were slightly more like and even things that people got mad at like the smart auto lock pistol if like you just dart around the corner and you'd run away from it or you shoot him faster than he can lock onto you but anyway um i felt like it was one of the best balance games that i've played in a long time and it, it the, i think one of the reasons it didn't do super well long term it just didn't have a lot of content to it like there weren't a lot of guns there weren't a ton of maps until you um they did release like all the the season pass for free but that wasn't until the community was near dead um but there there weren't a lot of like skins like a lot of unlockables and if if you weren't engrossed in the game itself like if if the game itself wasn't enough to draw you in there wasn't an, there wasn't anything to pull you so i think that's really where the game failed not and i don't think adding a single player will correct any of the problems that it had um and not saying that they won't if they include a single player but i i, I don't know it it this to me titanfall was a it was a great multiplayer game and having a single player there I don't think adds anything to the multiplayer. I just don't I don't care about it. It's, it's kind of sort of the same with Call of Duty. The the campaigns and the multiplayers they feel like two totally different games and I could do without the campaign. And I feel like most people who play Call of Duty do it for the multiplayer. And I think the audience is similar with Titanfall. So I think removing the single player wouldn't really do any harm and I didn't really miss it at all in the first one. That single player mode that they did give you, like that campaign mode, was, I don't know, really useless. Like you were saying, Eric, like this is some guy with like, oh yeah, we're the rebels. Go kill those guys. And I was like, I don't care. I didn't touch it. And it felt like they could have just taken it out completely and it would have been better. Um, 
but I, I think it's just unnecessary. And uh, you could, I could say sort of the same thing about the tacked on multiplayer modes that they, and I'm rambling, I'll end my diatribe so people can get in. <laughs> um, but I, I, I liken it to tacked on multiplayer. Like, I don't think Mass Effect needed multiplayer, and it was fine, but it, I don't understand why it was there. Um, same with Inquisition. It's like, I why is this here? This is a single player RPG. I don't know why. I didn't know that had, that had multiplayer? Yeah. Inquisition. Yeah, it did. Oh. And it was pointless. It's biz Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> and it, it would be better if the game, like, it's almost like it, it damaged the overall package. Like, Dragon Age Inquisition as a whole was weakened because it had that weird multiplayer mode. So we're um, back to Dragon Age then again. Yeah, yeah. I, we could take it. I, I think the best. I think the best example of a game harmed by tacked on multiplayer was Spec Ops: The Line. Did you guys play that? Yeah, I did play Spec Ops: The Lines. I mean, Spec Ops series came from being a tactical shooter that had a lot of multiplayer elements. Spec Ops: The Lines was Spec Ops: The Line was like a weird kind of deviation where it was a heavily, you know, story focused uh, single player kind of game. And uh, the gameplay itself was nothing so hackier. It, it was like a shittier version of Gears of War, if yeah. you really look at the gameplay. But it was a story that, that, that it surprised everyone, blew everyone's mind, and really gave you kind of a mindfuck moment when you're playing this game. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Spec Up the Lines. And, you know, I didn't care for the multiplayer. I mean, I, I bought it for like 20 bucks solely because my friend told me to go, to go get it and play yeah. uh, one, during one summer. Um, and if we're on the subject of like unnecessary multiplayer, you guys ever play Arkham Origins? You know, like it had a random as fuck like multiplayer where you, uh, I mean, it had a cool concept. It's like uh, one team, there's three teams. One team is Batman and Robin. You guys are sneaking around, taking people out with stealth. And then another team is Team Joker, and the other team is like Team Bane or something like that, okay. or Team Pain. I already forget. And it was a cool, interesting idea, but there's absolutely zero long-term gain from playing that. It's it not like, like was that like the Assassin's Creed multiplayer? It sounds similar. Uh, no, no. It, it Assassin's Creed multiplayer, which actually you know had some. It was know, actually which, pretty good. <laughs> a lot of people liked it. I I never cared for it, but uh, interesting concept with it. Yeah. But uh, with Arkham Origins multiplayer, it's just uh, people playing when you're playing as you know, each team. They're playing basically as shooter, like a third-person shooter, and then Batman and Robin are basically you play the game how you normally would play the Batman game. You know, you're zipping across a map with your grapple hook and gliding across and then sneaking up on people. So yeah, that that would be it. It's a cool gimmick, but it's not gonna like occupy anyone's time for hours to come. So yeah, and it you was, might as well never have done it in the first. Yeah, time. it's like why is it there and. Spec Ops, uh, oh god, that's like one of my favorite games. I wrote my, I wrote my, <laughs> I wrote my thesis about it, and I will jerk that game off to high heaven. But <laughs> the the point of the single player was to comment on uh, games like it, like military the genre, shooters. Yeah, it was it was a comment on war shooters where um, you just kill for fun, kill, kill, kill. Oh, isn't this fun? Killing, but then it. It turns it around and its head goes. Oh no! This, this, you, you know, you as the player are complicit in these horrid acts that the characters are um, are committing, and this is your fault. You know, this, all this destruction, all this killing, all this death. You, you, this is your fault, 
And just because this is a game doesn't mean that you are uh, in the moral right. Like this, even though it's simulated, it's still killing. But then you go to the multiplayer and the point is simulated killing and in not an ironic way. It's not doing it to further its single player. It's like, yeah, yeah. shoot guns, fun multiplayer. And it completely, sub- it not subverts, it it ruins the message of the single player. Yeah. And it damages the game as a whole. So I, I hear people like, well, just don't play it. It doesn't affect you. Well, it, it depends how you look at, I think it depends how you look at games. Because if you look at them as um, like art pieces, then they are the sum, of, if you look at them as the sum of their whole, then you do have to look at everything included in the game. And Spec Ops The Line, as a game, is harmed by the presence of its multiplayer. The campaign isn't harmed by the presence of the multiplayer, but the overall package is. And that's, you know, even if you go into Titanfall 2 only looking to play the multiplayer, you can just play the multiplayer and enjoy it for its own sake. That's fine. But... And in, in real life, this may not have any application. So it may just from be from like an artistic criticism viewpoint. But Titanfall 2 as an overall package is harmed if the single player either has nothing to do with the multiplayer and it's obviously just like a tacked on thing or it's bad. Um, and I feel like it can only do more harm than good unless they do it perfectly unless they execute like a perfectly well done single player that it'll more it'll end up just harming the overall thing rather than helping it does that make sense yeah no okay. i i completely agree sorry go ahead oh no i was just agreeing oh okay but yeah i like it's useless to me i don't i don't want it there it's just ugh, whatever and it it's um, it's part of the reason. This this might be going a tangent, but one of the reasons I do you know Yahtzee? You know zero punctuation videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I have a love hate relationship with him because I value his like weirdo opinions and that he seems to have some kind of insight that other uh, critics and uh, pundits don't have, and that he is completely honest. But then he has this weird stance where he doesn't just on principle is like I don't play multiplayer and if the game can't stand in a single player it sucks and I don't I don't understand that if if you refuse to look at a game completely and you're only shoehorn yourself into looking at one thing I mean well take it into you can always look at it like that but he is coming at this as somebody who experiences gaming as he experiences them and that's what he reports on he never claims to be to you know to review things that are anything other than what he expects from a game or anything that he wants from a game so if you don't play multiplayer and he doesn't play multiplayer then why would he review it because he doesn't care about it and that makes sense to a greater or lesser degree so i don't necessarily think that that makes his um his commentary any less valid yeah but i understand that it doesn't give you a holistic idea of what um of what the overall value of a product is if for the people who are who are interested in it you know then you know what do they have to gain from that sort of commentary but that's the reason why there is such a diverse range of commentary 
throughout. Like the one of the reasons why you know Yahtzee's commentary always appeals to me is the fact that I'm very much of that camp. I don't care about multiplayer, so he doesn't cover it, and I'm grateful for him to it because he's not going to cover things that I'm disinterested in. Yeah. Rather than somebody who pretends to be interested about the product on the whole, when really, if you're actually sitting down with them, you know for a fact they're going to like blast through the campaign and they're not even going to touch multiplayer. Yeah. I, I think it's just the, the hard-ass stance he takes towards it, where he's like, this game sucks, but he didn't play the multiplayer. Or he'll play, like, um, I can't think of a specific example, but let's say he played Call of Duty Black Ops 3, and he's like, yeah, I played the campaign. This game fucking this game is fucking garbage. Oh, but I didn't play multiplayer. It's like, ah! I can understand if you say, oh, this, this single-player sucks, but when you say the whole thing is crap because it doesn't have single-player... I think it's his stance that everything should have single player, that everything should be able to stand up by virtue of its single player, and if it can't, it failed. That's what I don't disagree with. Because you have games that are totally multiplayer, or that do have like a tacked on single player, um, that do devalue the overall package, but if the focus was put on multiplayer, judging it by its single player, like judging a Battlefield 4 3 solely by its single player, is really disingenuous. Because the appeal of those games is the multiplayer. So if you say, this thing should stand up by its single player, I think that's an arbitrary point to make. And I agree with you if you were saying, well, I'm only going to judge the single player, and I will only comment on this. But it's that he he judges the whole thing based on one aspect. It's a, like if I judged a movie based on its picture and not its sound. It's like, oh, this picture sucks. Uh, you know, I... I don't get it. This movie sucks because the picture sucks. Well, well, maybe the sound had something to do with it. It's it's kind of disingenuous to to pick apart one aspect that makes up a greater whole. But you could say the same about anything, though. I mean, for some people, and you know, I'm just you know, it. This is this might sound like an arbitrary comparison, but a lot of people don't mind that the mechanics in like Call of Duty are completely sound and work really well and kind of tend to slightly reinvent themselves every edition but that yeah. the story isn't great. Yeah. You know. Oh, I, so I agree with you but you can, yeah, it's it, it it's one of those things of it's a value statement really isn't it where you know like I I am the minority and I know I'm the minority who plays Call of Duty for the campaign. Yeah. Right? And I'm such a weirdo and I'm aware of it, right? But <laughs> at least I'm honest. I'm an honest weirdo, if nothing else. And But I know that the multiplayer doesn't appeal to me, but I played through the campaign of the last one and then immediately traded in because I had the experience, I was done with it, I got exactly what I wanted out of it for. Yeah, there's you no know. point holding on to it if you're not so there was no point yeah so i don't know i don't think necessarily you know because i could easily turn around and be like oh this is shit because the story isn't great but is that what you're if you if that's what you're playing it for then yeah I, you know, like if you're playing it for the mechanics yeah if you're playing it for the gameplay for the for the story then yeah but you know, it's a value statement. Yeah, and it's that's a strange... It, it's a thing that's... It, it, as far as I can tell, 
that the, the, the valuing something or only valuing something for one aspect is a very, it's a strange thing to me. Um, and it's, and it's, it's something that as far as I can tell is so far unique to games. Cause like I said before, nobody goes in to like a movie. I'm not going to go into Jurassic Park and say, well, I only watch it for the visuals. I don't listen to the sound. It's like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Um, but for a game, from a gameplay perspective, people do that. And it's, you know, relatively, um, <clears throat> accepted that you're like, oh yeah, just skip the story. It doesn't make any sense. I played for the game. And that's interesting and bizarre when you divorce aspect and it's especially prevalent with divorcing gameplay from story people say oh this is a story game the gameplay doesn't matter or oh this is a gameplay game the story doesn't matter ignore it i I don't know i don't really like that that things just oh yeah this thing is irrelevant just ignore it it might be terrible but you know it doesn't matter this game is this game is for the gameplay it's like shouldn't it try to be a complete whole and thing uh, something should try to be the best version of itself and that shouldn't we criticize something for lacking and i understand that you know something like vanquish is all about the mechanics and the story is flimsy and not great but it it's a perfect version of itself like the story didn't need to be anything it was goofy and silly and it didn't get the way which is what it should be but then um did you guys play uh, or heard of? Have you heard of Freedom Planet? No. What's that? It's a it's a it's an indie game for the PC. I think it's on the Wii U now. But uh, it's for all intents and purposes, it's like a Sonic clone, uh, a Sonic the Hedgehog from uh, Genesis days, not 3D blue abortion and a million weirdo <laughs> friends. But it's uh, like animals uh, same kind of like colorful fast paced move through the level collect things that definitely aren't rings um, run on platforms it's the same gameplay and it's very obviously a nod to that game and Yahtzee did do a um, review on this game and I do agree with it but it had two modes it had classic mode where like Sonic you just speed through the levels and it's all just about playing the levels and there's no story but then there's an adventure or a story mode where between every stage there's like a five minute cutscene that's like a weird Japanese culture masturbatory session where it's like celebrating and loving Japanese culture and this really bad poor written story and these terribly written characters it's oh it's it's like a bad fan fiction um but it interrupts the gameplay and it it's like to me i think it harms it where it's like oh my god this is taking me out of the game every five minutes to do some boring cutscene that i don't care about not even boring but like it, it makes me cringe it's like oh this is terrible but the gameplay is fun and the whole thing is harmed because you have these weird cutscenes that don't make any sense. It's like, why are these in here? Why isn't it just classic mode? Why is the story here? Period. Um, that you can't like devoid uh, like. And I did skip the story halfway through. I was like, oh, it's just so bad. I can't even take it. But I would never excuse the game because I could skip something. It's still there. 
and it's still ugh. It's like if you took the Mona Lisa and then drew a picture of like a dick and balls on the back of it. It's like, okay, it doesn't affect you looking at it, but it's still there. Or you gave it like a pink foofy frame with Mona Lisa written in Comic Sans around it. Like, yeah, it doesn't hurt the picture itself, but it kind of hurts how you look at it. And that's how I see things like if people say, oh, just ignore the story or just ignore this thing and it's infinitely better. Like, I can't. (laughs) This thing is harmed because of the presence of the other thing. I mean, the way I see it is, I mean, I've played almost every single Assassin's Creed game and I've never touched a multiplayer. I never really, I never cared for it. Yeah. Um, I have... I played GTA 5, and I never touched a multiplayer because, well, for the longest time, the first couple of months, Rockstar had fucked up their multiplayer, royally fucked it, it was up. It totally broken, wasn't it? It was completely shit. You couldn't even, like, start it up, et cetera, et cetera. And my my friend was talking about it to me. I was watching videos on it, and it was just like, it, this whole thing was hyped to be, like, the greatest thing of all time, but, like, the the the, prog- the level progression was shit, and the customization features just, just didn't make any sense. Like... Instead of just creating your character, you had to pick your parents to make your genetic makeup. What kind of fucking, <laughs> what kind of fucking stupid idea is that? I don't know why the hell they went they went that route. So like, yeah, you gotta spend like twenty minutes making sure you get the right skin tone if you're trying to, if you're trying to match you know what you think you look like in a game. Yeah, whatever. And I'm sure it's fun now. And they've only just recently added heists, which that was supposed to be a huge thing because. They severely underestimated how much you know that time would, would make you know the time it would take to develop that feature, and um, yeah, and some people were just exploiting hacks in the game or whatever glitches in the game, but uh, it's just it's weird because in a game like GTA, which is has you know at its core always been a single player game, and the multiplayer only recently came in about in the mainstay games, not not the mobile games or whatever in the like GTA 4, which I actually I did play that a lot because GTA 4's multiplayer was just simple and straightforward, and it was it it was just a simple distraction for your friend. I mean, it had some pretty cool game modes, but it was cool to all right, I can explore this open world New York City with my friends now of the 16 players and just screw around and kill each other. And then, but GTA 5 wanted to make it super big. Like, no, we're gonna add like a Sims take on it, right? Like, oh, you know, get your own house, blah blah blah, have have an actual income and shit. Um, that sort of stuff. So for me, it's not like multiplayer didn't define my experience with GTA. I don't think it defines anyone's experience with GTA. I know, I know a lot of people who play multiplayer, but you know, first and foremost, they play the single player. And how I always viewed games with multiplayer was that the single player. Um, I mean, it used to, this is how it used to be before Call of Duty became super, super like mainstream. Was the single player is your core game, whatever. You learn all your basic mechanics from single player. And then when you go to multiplayer, it's just an extension of the single player. The mechanics are largely the same, but now you're playing with other people. Like, that's what Halo was like. And Halo does have an amazing multiplayer. And it's like, alright, the shooting mechanics are exactly the same. Vehicle mechanics are exactly the same, etc., etc., etc. And then now you just add in 15 plus players, including yourself, and just go at it. And... Yeah, and then things stemmed from there because uh, companies figure you make more money by getting all your friends involved. Which, sure, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's but your argument saying that I can't, I can't, I can't ignore you know all the parts to it. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree. I just feel like in some games that's the case. Like 
Assassin's Creed, you don't have to play the multiplayer because the game is very much focused in single player and there's so much to do in single player regardless. Same with GTA. But a game like Call of Duty where the multiplayer is now, it changed now because now, now, now the multiplayer is the focus of the game. And they do try to add some sort of single player component, but nine times out of ten, it's shit. Nine times out of ten, it's like, it's, it's like written by a 12-year-old who read fucking George Orwell novels, right? <laughs> and um, it, it like, it's like seriously, it's like uh, last. I think the last legitimately good Call of Duty campaign I played was Black Ops Two, and like it was the, actually the Black Ops by, campaigns are pretty good. The yeah, first I one actually was good. I like the second first, yeah, one. I agree. David S. Goyer wrote the second one. I think he might have wrote the first one. I don't necessarily like all of David S. Goyer's scripts, but they at least this was clever. At least it, it like it gave you a villain. To you, you know, you care about who's intimidating, and had the multiplayer had branching paths. You could actually, for the first time ever, you know, customize or bring in your own equipment and perks in multiplayer. I mean, in single player, and that was like, well, you're, you're thinking to yourself, why the hell can you do it before? It adds an incredible replay value for any any given level because now you can just screw around with your layout, your loadout, and yeah, and. I really appreciate it. I actually think Black Ops 2, my my opinion, is my favorite Call of Duty game. Um, I agree with you, too. I think yeah. that's, a, that's a, an opinion that's in the minority, but I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, because that game chose to... It was, to me, the first Call of Duty game that, that realized how fucking repetitive the franchise was getting and it consciously wanted to do something different. They're like, we, we're going to give you a political thriller, a villain that's really interesting, uh, a story that plays in two different time periods, one in the future, one during the 1980s Cold War. Uh, we're going to give you perks in single player. We're going to give you pick, a pick 13 system where you can, it was, it was a pick 10. Just pick might, 10. And yeah. Too. Yeah. And it's like, you just screw around, add as many perks as you want within the 10, 10 like, you know, categories or weapon selections, etc. And you're just like this is this is you know variety. Oh yeah, I forgot the uh, zombies. So we're gonna expand this out the zombies campaign because people love that stuff. I remember playing endless zombies with my friends in college, and I was just like, yeah, this is like this is a well-made game. I can I can actually stand behind this, and I'm not ashamed to say this is actually a good Call of Duty game. Yeah. But that's I think that's what you mean by a good complete package, so where no sides are kind of ignored or just kind of there for cooking for just you know filler reasons. Yeah, they weren't there yeah. for like. Oh yeah, we gotta have this. Put it in, mm-hmm. or like, oh yeah, let's put a dance scene in our yeah. Or I, like I can't. Let's have a musical commentary to Black Ops. It's like what? Why does that make uh, sense? Like, it, like everything in there made sense. It wasn't just yeah. oh, let's put this in here because fuck it, let's put it in. Um, back to what you were saying about Call of Duty campaigns. It's impressive just for a Call of Duty campaign to be competent because I'm always amazed by um. And I don't know where you guys stand on this. I might step on a few toes, but uh, every time I go on like Reddit or any kind of gaming forum, everybody fucking loves Modern Warfare two and three, and I'm like, oh my god, three? Oh, I god. they're the worst. I hate those games are terrible. I, I, I ironic, ironically, I think it's about the multiplayer aspect about it, and Halo is kind of in the competitive oh scene, god. you know. Oh my god. Even the multiplayer because it's still big. In you know? Modern Warfare 2, the game is awful. This Frustrating. The, the campaign is terrible. I wrote my thesis about this, too. Um, that it has these moral systems that don't make any sense. It's like, okay, you're going to go over the bad... The bad guy is bad because he doesn't care about people, and he betrays people, and he just murders people. He's so uh, pig-headed, and he's so, like, 
driven by him by his own ego that he kills people and that's it's bad a cartoon villain yeah but then the heroes do the same thing where they're like all right yeah fuck shepherd let's just kill everyone to get to this guy we're so determined to complete our goal that we will do anything to kill this guy they kill innocent people they don't fucking care they kill soldiers in a base they don't give a shit but then the game says oh no these guys are good but shepherd's bad even though they're they their goals come from the same place it's like oh my god everyone in this game is terrible and the game is just completely unapologetic it's like no these are the good guys these are the guys you want because they're good don't pay attention to the fact that they just murder people or that they they're out for revenge just like the the villain is no don't don't ignore that these are the good guys but and the multiplayer is fucked too it's like they're a bunch of glitches the the noob tube care package was never uh the noob tube one man army sorry or the spaz tech 130 the uh the 1887s the akimbo yeah. were shoot across a map care package knifing commando knifing care package glitching javelin glitching like these are things that were in there six months in and some things that were never fixed like the game is broken and people are like that's the best one like what are you smoking yeah uh Here's my thing with Modern Warfare, the series. Like, everyone loves Call of Duty 4. That was the first time Call of Duty went super mainstream and like, went blew everyone's minds with his multiplayer and how it went to, it pretty much kind of made our kind of, you know, modern day, modern shooter genre. But in Modern Warfare 2, okay, I mean, I enjoyed just playing, like, just stupid, like, you know, just like stupid, you know, scenarios. Like, the, the I, I like the Spec Ops mode because that had different scenarios in here. Yeah. Um, I actually did like playing some parts of the campaign. But, I mean, this is this is the deal with, with like, the vast majority of Infinity Awards campaigns because th this is just how, how much they lack any sort of creativity. All they do is literally copy scenes from famous movies and put it in here. Like, famous <laughs> military. I'm not kidding. Like, Modern Warfare 2, The Rock... Okay, when they when they're going to rescue Captain Price from the Gulag, that is directly taken from The Rock. Michael Bay is The Rock, really? with Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage. When it, the story is about a team of former Marine Force recon guys holding a holding this prison, an island prison like hostage or whatever. They have like a nuclear device, and they feel like the U.S. government betrayed them. And Nicolas Cage is just some analyst, FBI analyst, something like that, and he's going in with a team of Navy SEALs and like. That like, we have to bring in the expert or something like that, and it's Sean Connery in chains, aka Captain Price in chains, former SAS officer. It's like what the fuck? This is directly taken from The Rock, uh, and they do this all the time in Call of Duty games. Um, you can bet your ass, like the the, the scenes in Rio de Janeiro, um, Brazil, that that's just straight up taken from the famous Brazilian crime uh, crime film called uh, Elite Squad, which is about a, a Brazilian SWAT team. I mean, like, every little fucking thing about this is just taken from famous movies, etc. Um, I mean, World at War did that, too. Enemy at the Gates when you're, when you're in Russia. And, yeah, there's, like, no creativity. There's no coherency of any kind. It, it's When you play the, the, the so-called story, it's just uh, one excuse after another just to travel around the world and shoot places up. Yeah. And it, it was fine for the time because, I mean, what, what's the demographic of the average Call of Duty player? Like, what, a 13-year-old who begged your mom to get a fucking M-rated game? You know, it's... <laughs> It's there's nothing to it. They don't need to be smart about it. But then over time, people realize, wow, this is actually really shit. And you guys put very little minimal effort when it comes to, you know, originality versus just copying a formula and changing some stuff around. And 
for Marvel went for two, like, yeah, the campaign was just there for stupid Michael Bay action. If you love explosions and shooting stuff, yeah, you know, there's a crowd for that. And I enjoyed it just for that, but um, it annoys me when people try to tell me that Call of Duty is in any way, shape, or form a so-called realistic shooter. It's at this point in time that you should probably just stay at home and read a book for the next couple of years. Don't touch video games because you're obviously retarded because I'm seeing fucking dual-wielding, bunny-hopping uh bullshit right oh my health regenerates stuff like that like no um no it, 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 the problem with call of duty is it started a trend where people think that call of duty is somehow a reflection of modern day military when it most definitely is not and yeah. yeah that's that's stupid to me and that's a problem when it comes to something that's just widely popular and in regards to your the complaint multiplayer i completely agree i was so frustrated with multiplayer and it was just like it should not be this fucking hard to just you know get into the game. I should not be being I should not be being fucking murdered the second I spawn, right? And, uh, and a lot of it had to do with the completely broken kill streak system. Holy fuck! All right, uh, they fixed this in Black Ops Black Ops One actually. Uh, what happens in here in Marvel for Two is like, all right, they add they expanded the kill streaks, right? All kinds of different kinds of kill streaks, but they stack. So if I killed someone with a predator drone, that stacks on my previous and my kill streak um, run. So eventually, some asshole will just keep using his kill streaks. He gets to AC one thirty, and then by then he has twenty five kills and can activate his fucking nuke and wins the game. And you know that's that's ridiculous to me. Or you can just get a Harrier jet. A Harrier jet will kill five guys for you. It's it's retarded. There's like no there's no balancing to it. And again, the guns are completely off. And uh, you have. Uh, the the spas the spas twelve extended magazine which you know can get someone across the map as well the eighteen eighty sevens et cetera et cetera yeah no it was not a I would not call it a great game I would say it's a good game but not great and then Modern Warfare three for anyone said that was a good game uh, no it really wasn't it was awful and see I, I I don't understand where people get this from they're like this is the best Call of Duty go back to this one I like killing people with the guns. It's like, what's wrong with you? This is the worst. It's the worst Call of Duty game. It's one of the worst games I've ever played. It's I would just say so bad and yeah. it's so broken. But people are like, this is the best one I've ever played. Go back to this. It's like, did you play it? What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, uh, I hate it. Worse than Modern Warfare Three, because uh, it was Ghosts. You ever played Call of Duty Ghosts? No, but I heard it was terrible. Fucking awful. I'm glad I didn't. I did not buy this. Uh, in between classes, my senior year, I was just like, my school has a little cool tech area where a bunch of computers, people can just chill and use the computers there. They also have their own gaming room, where there's a Xbox One, a PS4, and you just rent. The, you just like, hey, lend me your game controller at the, at the front desk and you play. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna play Call of Duty Ghosts because I will never fucking buy this game. And I play it. I play through the entire campaign. And I'm like, wow, this. This is this is the next gen uh, Call of Duty guys the the fish AI. Do you remember, do you remember oh, that? Oh, I remember thing? that. The fish <laughs> we have fish to that you move out of the, the way water. when you come near it. <laughs> but I'm playing this game. It's so it's everything I hate about Call of Duty worse made worse. The shitty cookie cutter half assed plot. The stupid uh, over the top Michael Bay moments are very scripted. Right. Uh, yeah. The complete linearity of it. They wasted the dog too, didn't they? They made a big deal. The dog was the dog nothing. It's campaign. like it's like playing a fucking uh, drone segment all over again. Yeah, I played like the first I don't know hour, and I got to the first part where you were playing with the dog, and I was like, "This is terrible," and I turned it off. 
there was one good moment gameplay moment in the ghosts campaign was when you have to infiltrate this this like this building this very tall building full of enemy combatants and you're, you're repelling down the side and you're shooting through the glass and th- that was like you guys could have made this so fucking cool you could have made it made it like all right here's one building full of bad guys you don't know where they all are and you can infiltrate this building any way you want that simple as that simple things like that where you give you don't hold the fucking players hands and you can just do a whole lot of things and I felt like, all right, I actually for once feel like I'm an operative who's doing things on my own accord and things are happening because I was smart enough to do it. But then halfway through, you hold your hand again and it's completely ruined. It's like, all right, all right, all right. Like those, those stupid, you know, like uh, mandatory stealth segments, right? Where it's right. just, yeah, it's like just follow your partner. It, like, it, that, that, it, it, it was passable back in Call of Duty 1 when you're, when you're playing as guys who are you know, sniper, two snipers in ghillie suits. Because before, no one thought about to really throw in actual military like stuff in there, right? Like a hardcore, like, oh, use your camouflage and sneak around. But if you really look at it, it's just you following a waypoint of your AI partner. That's it. Because yeah. the minute you deviate from that, you're fucked. You know? There's no right. actual organic sort of competency or freedom, I'd rather it's a better word, for this uh, game. And that's part of the reason why... I liked Black Ops 2. I mean, don't get me wrong, Black Ops 2 is very linear, but if you, for instance, it's like, hey, uh, you, uh, you, you chose this, this equipment loadout, like this, this kit, and this kit is a lock-picking thing. So that gives you access to doors or a lock with special weapons in there that you would, nor- you would not normally get. Or like, oh, this gives me the stealth camo. And one of the missions where you're in Yemen, I think, uh, you which, play as... Which game? In Black, Black Ops 2. 2. Yeah, you play as a guy named like Farid, who's like an, under, an, an undercover agent. And if you if you pick up the stealth suit now, you, you you can basically be be invisible and kind of sneak around the map. Not that like you're completely invisible because your guns are still visible, but still, uh, it's just like, hey, you know, they're not completely holding your hand because if you didn't have the certain loadout, then you wouldn't be able to use this, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, that's whatever. Yeah, um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with linearity. But treating the player like they're a total fucking retard is um is a problem. Like, I don't like it when it's follow this guy, follow this guy, follow this guy, and that's yeah. the whole game. That is the I, entire game. I don't think there's anything wrong with like a hallway simulator where everything you just everything is so guided. There's I I don't have any problems with a linear game or a uh, a game that's just totally on rails or on a path. Um, but it's when they treat you. It's it's like why I hate the Transformers movies. It's not that they're big, dumb action movies. It's that they're big, dumb action movies that treat it's that treats its audience like a bunch of babies or like toddlers that don't know how to handle anything. Where, like, they spoon-feed you all the information. They'll, um... Uh, the effects are incomprehensible. They're just, like... What did Roger Ebert say? It was, like, the cinematic equivalent of kids banging pots and pans together. It's like it, they're offensively bad, not just stupid is okay. Stupid's fine, but stupid it needs to be stupid done well, not stupid at the expense of the, the intelligence of the audience. And that's what I it's like. That's what Modern Warfare 2 was. It was oh, God. Um, yeah, I agree with you. The Black Ops campaigns were a step forward, and I didn't play three. Do you know if that one was any good? Oh, I have not. I could have. I, I could have played it 
over the weekend. My friend had it, but I didn't get a chance to. Um, yeah. Interesting kind of approach was like the whole. I mean, not really. What am I saying? Not really interesting. It's not when I look at the Black Ops Three trailers and what what the story's about. I mean, it's basically uh, Deus Ex Call of Duty. Oh no, robotics have become over control, and human beings are more machine than human. Blah blah blah. What what are the moral repercussions of this? Which is yeah. basically the entire fucking premise, the entire Deus Ex franchise. Um, yeah. And have you noticed that like with a trend of that, you know, Black Ops Three coming out. Uh, that came out recently. Like a lot of these games are now switching to futuristic shooting, like yep, shooters. It's the new, and now I've seen a ton Ugh. of people going, "Where are the World War Two shooters?" Yeah, yeah, no, they're <laughs> fucking stupid too. Fuck those people. It's hilarious. It's like at first, like where are the modern shooters? Yeah, it's all World War Two, and then like okay, now we have all modern shooters. Oh, we're the future shooters. You don't have anything. They're yeah, the future. Sh- it's a cyclical. Pro- it's 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 bizarre. Where you know, uh, six years ago. Or no, it might have been longer. I don't know. Ten years ago, it was all World War Two shooters. Yes, and now people are like, "Give us more of those." They're fucking stupid. No, like again, these are the same people who bitch about, "Oh my god, there's way too many World War Two shooters." Which there were. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. I, they're covered off. They were. They've been making World War Two shooters longer than the war itself. All right, like there was a problem. <laughs> all right, and then Modern Warfare One came out, and everyone fucking falls asleep. Follow suit. A bunch of Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, sh- Modern Warfare shooters, uh, Battlefield, and uh, Medal of Honor, and you know just a lot of shit, which is basically like that. And then, then that got saturated. That got saturated. Like, okay, no, let's go. Let's go to the future. Yeah. And but then now, you realize a lot of the futuristic shit. They don't really do anything interesting with them. I mean. Yeah, and it's I. I think people people want something different, and they think that a change in setting. We'll make it, di- but all these games are essentially the same. Yeah, they just their settings have changed. Like their their ideologies, um, largely how they play. Even the guns, I mean, they're just skins. Guns yeah. don't that are not actually representative of. I mean, they have similar properties of their real life counterparts, but they're not the same. Like you could make a, a laser gun in a Call of Duty game act functionally the, the same as like a regular gun with bullets yeah um so I, the the change of setting that isn't indicative of real change it's just a like it's a skin change which yeah. can hold you hold you over for for so long but i think people are starting to catch on that you know it's not different it's largely the same which I, i'm okay with i'm okay with familiarity but um if you do want something totally different don't just ask for a skin change because it's not going to do anything yeah no people so i mean call of duty as a franchise is basically just it's almost it's almost always just style over substance it's yeah it's it's add this you know fucking overblown setting with retarded michael bay cinematics (laughs) so-called cinematic moments like fuck off with that term um (laughs) right and then and then you hire some big name actor right oh we have kevin spacey in this one uh, we have you know fucking Sam Worthington in this one, Gary Oldman, right? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Which one was Gary Old? Gary Oldman. Was Gary Oldman something. was in World at War originally, so uh, technically World at War is part of the Black Ops universe because the characters from Black Ops and Black Ops One were also in World at, World at War. So he played Sergeant Reznov, your Russian like sergeant oh, yeah, in World you're at War, right. and then he's he's like a major character in secondary character, whatever in Black Ops Black One. Ops. 
And then yeah. he's very, very, very has like a basically a brief cameo in Black Ops Two. Yeah. And, okay, I remember yeah. now. Which I did, I did like his kind of revenge story in Black Ops One, and it was kind of a, it was a bizarre approach to like connect those two games because they're they're all other than the characters, they're completely not like related. You know, it's pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah. What the hell was I gonna say? It's about Call of Duty. Familiarity. Oh, I don't remember. I lost my train of thought. Um, but oh, okay, I remember. But it, it's it's sort of like what I was saying about Battlefront a few weeks ago, in that Call of Duty is for the people that don't play video games, or for the they're for the people casual gamers. They're for the people who buy three video games a year. It's for the people who buy Call of Duty, Madden, and FIFA. Ugh. Um, the st- ultimate stoner combo. Which um oh I yes and no I agree that like I wouldn't call them like hardcore gamers but that's fine like not everybody has to be as in in it as maybe we are or other people and if that's what you like that's fine you know play what you want if you like just like playing Call of Duty that's all you like playing totally fine there's nothing wrong with that um, but I think when we look at these things we kind of have to keep that in mind like they're not making Call of Duty for us they're making Call of Duty for the people who only play Call of Duty. Um, and those are the people that want something that's the same or that's entirely familiar that they don't have to relearn. Because I think that's the appeal of Call of Duty is that you kind of just jump in and if you've played the other ones, you at least have a have an idea of what you're doing. Like yeah, here's not, a... Yeah, here's a problem with all, a lot of these uh, mainstream shooter games now, the franchise games, and they they all they all basically uh, cater to the lowest common denominator, and I yeah. fucking hate that. You know, it's really ruining the shooting the FPS genre for me. Uh, they it's stale. They do they do very little that's new, uh, and it's it's basically like a Hollywood approach. Hey, you know, it, it makes money. Keep making the same shit over and over again. Yeah, and it's. Like, I think it was Total Biscuit who did a hilarious video on how fucking dumbed down like modern shooters are. He's playing Medal of Honor Warfighter, which is like a stupid ass game. That was that was the, the whole gimmick of this game was like we're so gritty and realistic. We we consulted real life yeah. tier one operators. I remember the marketing for that. Yeah, game. and like except the game still plays like a fucking shitty Call of Duty game with linear as right. hell, no actual tactical like you know methods being used it's not it's not fucking rainbow six if you actually wanted a tactical shooter that's what rainbow six and ghost recon are about the original ghost recon and and he was playing it and he's like all right guys i want you to watch what happens if i choose not to take out that guy who's pinning that sniper who's pinning me down and i just walk ahead oh oh oh, looks like he did did i did i trip did i I slip because character dies instantly like i must have slipped i guess it's stupid as hell. Like the game has no idea; they will not let you progress unless you take out this one specific area, one specific enemy. And you got all like you know games like Call of Duty, where it's like, oh no, you can't progress unless you call in that airstrike, right? Yeah. It's it's so stupid. And for people to think that this is like to, to keep on, you know, every fucking year playing the same game over and over again, think this is somehow great, and they continue to make millions off of it. It's mind blowing. Yeah. And I miss games like SWAT Four, where it didn't try to pretend it had some great meaningful story or whatever, right? It was literally the single player campaign, and it was just here's different uh, 
scenarios in which suspects have hostages or have a bomb or whatever, whatever you may be, and they're set in real-life settings that you would encounter in your daily daily life, like a gas station or a bank, right? And you, your SWAT team, using your tactics, your smart, you know, your mindset, your uh, approach, uh, clear it out and get them, you know, get the suspects, arrest them, whatever, and make sure you rescue people. And that was it. And it was the the enemies would spawn randomly. You don't know where the hell they are. Uh, you you can choose like your like one or two entry points. You pick your loadout and you go at it. And if you run out of ammo, you run out of, you run out of ammo. You're screwed. If yeah. you're sh- if you're shot like two or three times, uh, like you're dead or your limbs go limp because you got shot in the leg or your arm. Right. And it's just like things like that. People don't seem to realize that like less can be more in video games. You don't yeah. have to have stupid fucking oh here's my AC one thirty you know let me jerk off to this because it, it blows shit up and looks nice in my you know my my big ass TV screen like uh, games that make you think can oftentimes be a lot more exciting and not to mention I, yeah, yeah I not to mention the replay agree. value yeah the replay value that comes with it. I still play SWAT four this game came out in like yeah. two thousand and five. And it's still hailed as one of the greatest tactical shooters ever created. It's better than the classic uh, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six games. Because yeah. even even Rainbow Six games now, right, is, especially with Siege and Vegas, that went fucking mainstream bad. Like yeah. Vegas is fun. Don't get me wrong. I do and thoroughly enjoy its its customizational features and the whole like third person to first person cover system, right? But um, it it was very dumbed down. Like it added fucking regenerating health. It added uh, overblown, like you know, stupid moments like in Call of Duty, uh, you know, super big explosions or whatever, what what have you. And it added uh, a you you had a pistol that had infinite fucking ammo, right? Which yeah. is unheard of in previous Tom Clancy games, that sort of stuff. And uh, in a lot of times when you, when you try to play terrorist hunt, which is a, a staple in, in Rainbow Six games, like here's a map full of bad guys, take them out. And all right, that's cool. And then until you realize that they're just bad guys who spawn on a map when, as you kill uh, them, and it's fucking annoying because you it it breaks the flow of the game. Uh, there was one map like a villa map in Rainbow Six Vegas too, and it was fucking suicide if you try to go inside the actual house because they would literally spawn behind you. So it's not like a realistic tactical shooter where the enemies are on a map. And they are where they are. And you kill them as you see them, not as they fucking spawn, right? So they yeah. can't just cheat and appear behind you and fucking murder you, right? It's so stupid. So it came to a point where the only way to win on these, on the, on these uh, in this gameplay mode, game mode, was to camp at the beginning and just draw them out and have your friends <laughs> just kill them. It was so stupid. It, it was just basically a shooting gallery. There was no real skill to it. And it became yeah. really repetitive. I was like, this is stupid. Like, this is not what a tactical shooter should be. Like, have you been uh, yeah. have you been following the division at all? A little bit. It looks dumb to me. Yeah. Did you um is the beta out on PS4 and PC? I think it came out I today. I think so, yeah. I think so. Um It should be playing. out on all systems, I think. I was playing it on Xbox. Well, it came out early on Xbox. Okay, um, okay. It was out like 2 days early or something, and I was playing it last night and the day before. And it was it's okay. But it's funny to hear you talk about because I, the only Tom Clancy game, oh, what did I play? I played um, Splinter Cell Conviction and I really didn't like it. 
A lot of people don't like that. I, I'm on. I'm in a minority that actually enjoyed Conviction. I know yeah. it, it's it's nothing like how Splinter Cell was. I mean, I have. I, I still have Chaos Theory. I mean, I have it on my computer, and I replayed Chaos Theory, um, like on higher difficulties or whatever. And I definitely enjoyed it. You know, and it was a lot. It was a lot more of a smarter kind of tactical approach to it. It's kind of how the game should be. But something about Conviction, I I just love the the, the like. Uh, the different style and approach they went with Splinter Cell, yeah. and I really do like the new gameplay mechanics. It just felt it, it felt like playing a hyperactive Bourne movie. Yeah, and I do I I enjoyed it. I know a lot of people don't because the the market and execute system made it too easy, etc. But I don't know. I love the sneaking. How I could sneak around, like yeah, I could jump upon like more freedom of movement. Now you move you move like a fucking like a predator in this yeah. game. And Sam is like an unrelenting force of nature, yeah. and uh, I in the story was probably the best in the series, if you ask me, because um, one Splinter Cells one, two, and three were too focused. It was just it was just like an average Tom Clancy novel. Oh, yeah. blah blah blah. This country uh, is going war, to uh, war, terrorism, cyber warfare. Do something, America, <laughs> right? And then call and then uh, I won't say Call of Duty. <laughs> uh, Splinter Cell. Uh, double agent, double, oh, agent double agent tried its first time to get to do a more personal story. I played a little bit double agent. I didn't, I didn't actually uh, keep it, but I heard it was a decent game. Because yeah, um, it, it tried to add like, oh, you got you got to satisfy two factions because now you're a double agent, and it, your Sam's daughter died. And he's and he's off the edge, you know, and he's going crazy, and you had like two different endings, something like that, depending on what you did. And then, but that you know, the story wasn't anything particularly great. It was, it was, but it was, their, it was their attempt to kind of branch and make it more personal. And then, conviction came out, and it was like Sam was completely on his own for the most part until you know, well, Grim helps him out, and then uh, he's got to you know fight against the guys he used to work for, etc. His daughter isn't dead after all. There was been some big conspiracy behind that, um, and. Yeah, I, I like the story because it it felt a lot more personal. There were some actual great you know character moments. Um, we still had Michael Ironside as yeah. Sam, which was who is it now? Would, is it Kiefer? Some Southern? guy named Eric Johnson. He fucking oh th- sucks. that's Snake. Oh, Kiefer Sutherland is Snake now. No. Kiefer Sutherland is Snake. I I actually like him as Snake. But no, when when Blacklist came out, and the Blacklist to me is my favorite Splinter Cell game. Which again, a lot of Splinter Cell fans will disagree disagree with me with, but. I loved Blacklist's gameplay. I love its the you know variety. It's just like um, we're gonna take literally all the best aspects, all the previous Splinter Cell games, and put them in one. We're gonna you want the nice fluid movements of of conviction in the cool like kind of animations that you do with takedowns and mark and execute, and you, you mix that with the more of the free range approach with the previous games, the freedom of movement, you know, the freedom to choose how you approach each mission. And the co-ops, you know, and the co-op features, and it's like, yeah, all right, yeah, put that all in there, and it did. And if you want to be a more traditional approach, more like, like the hardcore Splinter Cell gamer, uh, Splinter Cell, you know, player, you can take out. There is no like high difficulty is take out mark and execute, and yeah, um, and you can choose to go non-lethal only. Like you can choose your loadout. I love the customization features too. You can choose like your armor loadout. You got to balance between protection and stealth depending on what the approach you're going for. You can have only non-lethal, like gadgets and weapons. Um, you can choose to use your knife or your hands, and just everything about it just felt 
considerably better. Now, this is when I think of a perfect sequel to a game franchise, I think of the Splinter Cell series. Yeah, because uh, they they consciously try to do something different with each of their entries, right? Splinter Cell One introduced the whole everything, you know, the the game itself. Pandora Tomorrow had the it was spies versus mercs, um, you know, better you know gameplay features. Uh, con- this chaos theory kept the co- uh, co-op a lot more. You know, that was the first one that had co-op. I think, yeah, chaos theory and co-op was a lot of fun. I, I fucked around a lot with my friend in that game. Yeah. I don't and, know. I, it's yeah. just, I don't know if you would like the division. Then I mean, granted, I only it's just the beta, but the betas, it's, it, betas aren't betas anymore. They're demos. Betas are demo. Yeah, exactly. People won't say, "God, it's only a beta." No, no how the game many is times? Done. Yeah, the game is done. It looks exactly like this by time. I've never seen a beta game, a beta they're gonna release. Do, they're doing yeah. bug fixes and network stress yeah, tests. Yeah, that's it. But weapon balancing. Not, that's we- it. Maybe minor weapon balancing, but you know, complete overhauls to game design systems and yeah. the way things work. No, the game the, is done. The beta for Halo 3 it looks just almost exactly the same. The beta for Call of Duty 4 looks exactly the same. The beta yeah. for fucking everything looks exactly the same. Right. But anyway, uh, the, I, I don't know. At first, I really liked The Division. If I was like, oh, this is fun. This is the first game I had fun with in a while. But I think that was more on me. Like, I just hadn't played a game like that anymore. Because once I got... Um, a couple hours in, I was like, oh, this is just kind of generic. Like, this is fine. The... I, I played, and I, I'm hesitant to speak about the match, the multiplayer, because I only played, like, 20 minutes of it, but I didn't understand it. Like, the dark zone thing, where it's like, go in the dark zone. Yeah. They didn't explain it. Like, they're like, go to the dark zone. I was like, I don't know what that is. I okay, kind of... I'm going to go there. So then I went there. I was like, oh, I guess this, this is a multiplayer. But then it was like, yeah, shoot these guys. And it didn't explain what was happening. It was like, this is the dark zone. Kill these guys. Don't kill these other guys. And I shot my teammate because I didn't know who was my teammate. And then I went rogue. And it was like, you're rogue now. And I was like, how's what's happening? <laughs> Just it didn't explain anything. And then there's a matchmaking thing in the menu. But that was for co-op matchmaking and not for multiplayer. And I couldn't figure it out. It was so dense and just bizarre and it's like this is weird and then the multiplayer wasn't even that fun like i there were some numbers on the screen that i didn't understand and at one point we had to go to a helicopter that was supposed to extract us and then the helicopter it was like all right you got here and then nothing happened and i didn't i didn't know what was happening it was so weird um but there were things about it like the gun customization I liked. I liked that it was kind of it was it was more of an RPG than a uh, than a shooter. It felt sort of like a Mass Effect game, sort of, which was interesting. But I th- I don't think I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I remember watching videos on the Dark Zone segment. It's basically that's the PvP zone. Yeah. But then you can you have the option of betraying your own team. Right. And taking their shit, but then you go rogue and basically you get a big ass bounty on your head, and whatever. The division What's... had an interesting concept, but you know, and especially with with early E3 footage, people were like, oh look, this looks great, you know, blah blah blah. But then Ubisoft play does the whole same bullshit of showing the actual game having considerably downgraded graphics and the actual like demo they had. Yeah. A, I thought it hate. looked fine, and I don't. I, I remember the demo vaguely from e3 yeah i don't remember any details but it was just like i don't know what's happening in the dark zone i didn't understand what the point was what my objective was supposed to be 
it, like I I don't know. I didn't get it. And it yeah. did a terrible job of letting me know. Um Yeah. So I would what what do you play on most of the time? PC? Oh, yeah, now that I have my PC built, mainly my PC, I don't even really touch my Xbox anymore. I think yeah. um, I only play... I think the only reason I still have my Xbox One is because I, got, I have my, my, my GTA Five in that game that I bought for really cheap, like 24 bucks on Black Friday. Yeah. And um, I have, still have to beat Metal Gear Solid Five. So, yeah, with those two games... Um, but you know those are games I can get on my computer too. That's yeah. the thing. See, I'm in so, the opposite camp. I had a computer that could play most everything. I mean, it's not a gaming PC, but it, it it's a it's just a Lenovo laptop that has a half decent graphics card that can run recent games, and I could play whatever I wanted. You know, I couldn't max them out on Ultra, but it still run them at relatively high settings. That's fine. But I I, I played. Um, most of my game playing was on the Xbox, like in high school and college, or playing on the PS3 primarily. But I, it's some psychological thing I have with it, where I'm just like, I would rather play on the console. I don't know why. Um, and I'm looking at Steam, and yeah, the Division beta is out now. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want the feel of the console, I mean, for most games, you can just plug in your controller into your computer. That's what I did. Yeah. It's um, mostly, I just don't want to fuck with the settings. Like, I understand that a lot of people, and it, it's not a, I don't dislike it because of that, but I don't want to deal with the bug crashes. I don't want to deal with configuring it for my hardware. I don't want to deal with messing with the right, settings. Right, right. I, I get that much. You know, I, I get that. It's like, you want people, it used to be like, oh, I get a I get a console because I want my game to work instantly, flawlessly, but that's, even, that's, that's not, not even the, the case, case anymore. anymore. Yeah. You know, like, when I got my Xbox, it took... I don't know, two and a half hours to set up. Yeah. And then I put in, I had the disc copy of uh, Sunset Overdrive and I put it in and it's been like half Has an to hour install. installing. Yeah. Have you noticed that consoles now are more and more resembling PCs? No, so yeah. And it's, you might as well just get a fucking PC. Yeah. yeah, it's still easier. Like, I don't have to fuck with anything. Once it's installed, it's done. Like, I don't have to mess with anything. Um, And there's something about the interface too. It's not as... Oh, I don't like the PS4 interface, but um, yeah, yeah you're right. They're just they're 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 consoles. They're yeah. uh, I mean they're PCs that with the same architecture. I mean you couldn't say the same thing about like the PS3 it had a totally different uh, system infrastructure, and it just wasn't a PC. But now they they they're all running on PC components. Yeah, and look like at Xbox One. It's like oh, look at our Windows 10 layout, right? Yeah. Um, that you know that sort of thing and. People used to get, you know, they love consoles. Back here's a weird thing: consoles over time became more and more and more like less, sorry, less and less reliable as functioning stuff. So like, oh, my N64, uh, we, I, my uncle has our old N64, and that thing still functions really well. It's like a because it has very little components to it, right? Then over time, when things get more complex, they're more likely to break or somehow right not last you as long. Yeah, fucking... I, I agree and disagree because I have a couple, like, old NESs and they're, like, kind of fucked. Like, they just degrade after a time. Like, they work, but I don't trust them. Um, but in the same breath, like, right when I got my Xbox One, my uh, my 360 disk drive, for years, it wouldn't open if uh, there was no disk in it. Mm-hmm. And only if there was a disk in it could I eject the disk. And only, like, a few days ago, 
uh, I went to move it and try to take the disc out, and it wouldn't come out. Like, the disc drive just busted now. Right. Um, but, like, the original Xbox 360 is – it's amazing that it functions. Yeah. It's total design failure, and they rushed it out to beat the other consoles to but market. When it, when it started working, like, they overcame the Red Ring of Death. Like, I had that problem, yeah. too. It it worked flawlessly for me. I never yeah. had a problem again. And I've right? never heard problems about, like, the Xbox 360 S. I think the E is a little worse, but I don't remember why. I hate the newer newer model of the Xbox 360. The like newest the, one or the the second like one? The uh, the one the the black one, right? Well, there's that, two. There's the there's the one that they came out with a couple years ago, and then there's the S. So there's like the one that looks like the Xbox One. It's like a flat box, and then there's the S. With yeah, the yeah, that, like one, the curve that one. Curve in it. One that looks like an Xbox One. Okay. So my 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 old roommate. Or, yeah, he had that before he fully converted to PC and bought an Xbox One. And that shit was like, I hate the touchscreen power button, which the Xbox One has that too. Yeah, I'm not a fan that. of that either. Like, you accidentally pr- touch it there, oh, fucking turns off, or fucking turns on. Like, I don't need that. Like, the, the hard press button on the Xbox 360 was just fine. It was perfect. It was functional. Like, it's so stupid to me. It's just, yeah. oh, it's, it's more slick now. No, it's more cumbersome and annoying as shit. But... Back to my original point was like, uh, over time, like, all right, I have Xbox One now. This is the first time, well, not the first time, but the like first consistent time I've had a console con- just consistently uh, crash on me and stuff. Oh, really? Games would fucking crash. I'm not sure if the game's fault or my Xbox, but it would fucking crash. Um, apps would fucking crash. Um, it's, like, it's like having a, a crappy uh, you know, iPhone sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> I, I, still, I still enjoy it, don't get me wrong. But um, there would be like times where I'd be playing what Assassin's Creed Unity, but then again, it might be just Unity's fault because that was a horribly constructed game. Yeah, um, wasn't it broken? Yeah, the, there were there were side quests that just would not fucking load; it would crash instantly. It was stupid. But it, among other things, there were just some things apps that would just crash on the Xbox One, and it was just like. You know, the whole argument that consoles are somehow more reliable, blah, 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 doesn't hold true to me anymore. It just, no, just, they're not. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't say they're more reliable. I think they are easier. Um, maybe less, uh, maybe not as easy now, uh, but they're, they're easier even. Uh, they're easier to configure. They might not be as reliable, but uh, you don't have to do a lot of fiddling. Yeah. Oh, so speaking of Division, this is a game that was set to be released a long time ago. I'm talking like 2008, 2007. Oh, really? If you heard this, it was going to be an, an, an MMO FPS. And it was going to be the first like real cross-platform MMO game for Xbox 360, PC. And um, What was it? It's, it's called Huxley. You ever heard of it? No idea. Yeah. Uh, I remember a long. I mean, I was a kid, right? I was pretty young, and I was excited for this. I was like, "Oh, it's a, it's an FPS MMO game that's set in a futuristic setting and it uses the Unreal Three engine, which is the same engine the Gears of War and you know the Unreal games used, and it looked great. And it was going to be like a big MMO FPS game, but then like it, for some reason, it never really got released. It ne- it had huh. no big US release. It became a thing in, more in Asia. Korea kind of bought it out. And um, but now that that got discontinued like six years ago, and 
Yeah, it, when I thought when I saw the division, I kind of thought of Huxley, but not not the FPS aspect, but the fact that it was like a shooter and a, like a shooter with MMO instead of just a crappy you know MMO RPG, and um, and the fact that it just had no real success is kind of what I, I feel like it's going to happen to the division. I don't know. Um, I hate MMO games. Uh, I just put that out there. I fucking hate MMO yeah. games because it has a cool idea. The concept is then oh, they often don't get supported. Yeah, they don't get support. They're wholly reliant on, on the fucking support of the company or the services. It has to keep up the servers. It's got to stay up, et cetera, et cetera. Versus just a normal multiplayer game where you can have third-party pro- people. like You can play Battlefront 2 because people have third-party you know, programs set up for that. So you don't have to rely on the developers anymore. Uh, you can't really do that because the scale, the, mere, the sheer scare, scale of, a, of an MMO game, it requires that these services to constantly be up. Um, I hate that because oftentimes MMO games take what you love about your franchise, like World at War or whatever, uh, the Elder Scrolls, the Star Wars, and they dumb it down. Consider yeah. it's just like playing a shittier version of your game you're used to playing, and to compensate for the fact there are thousands of other people now. Right. And I don't why the fucking hell would I want that, you know? And um. I will I, I will only be impressed by an MMO game if I can get the same quality of say Skyrim right in a, in a universe of an of an MMO game right where it doesn't feel yeah. like I'm having to you know compromise some something for it and that's why I've never liked I will I've never liked MMO games and that's exactly what the division kind of looks like at first it looked cool like wow these are legitimately great looking graphics these are basically nice cover shooter shooting mechanics of like gears of war or whatever but, but you know, more at you the more you look at it it's service of nothing it's service of nothing like when you shoot someone in this game like i can tell it's not it's not realistic it's about like it's like point damage in a fucking mmo game yeah. right you, and you I, even, i'm not against like i'm okay with the mechanics of it like like you said it, it was kind of a fun game but i was like why am i playing this it's like okay this is a nice thing that they've built but the story sucks the division looks the like a free to play game. Like, it's weird. It's, and it's yeah. it's like they constructed a nice thing, but I, I just don't care about anything that's happening in it. And I'm like, okay. So uh, even in the five hours that I put in the beta, I'm like, all right, I got enough out of this. Like, I don't need to play anymore. I'm good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my stick with MMO games. Not yeah. really fan of them. I mean, what happened to Elder Scrolls Online? Was it was it Elder Scrolls Online that went like that went free to play or was it was it the shitty Old Republic Star Wars oh, game? Uh, was it both? Cuz I know Elder Scrolls Online, you don't have to pay a subscription for. It. I think you just pay for it once and then you have it. I think Old Republic went free to play. Yeah, that's another thing. I hate subscriptions. Oh god. Uh it's just like, yeah, you know, you got to keep paying and, you know, over and over again just to play this game. And that's just like, it, I don't I don't want my game to be a fucking Netflix subscription, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, I understand why people do that is because the the system we have now buying once at release isn't a very good way for developers to make. They're not going to make shit. Exactly. No, you don't make them a lot of money by doing that. Um, so I understand trying to figure out a new revenue stream and because DLC is such a bad word now that no one wants to make it um, or wants to rely their uh, their profits on that. So I kind of understand why they try the things, but then they, they're just like, ah, subscriptions, ah, here you go, and then they don't support the games. 
it's yeah so i don't have a problem with subscription models it's what they do with the subscription models most of the time yeah it's just like uh this doesn't work do you remember the matrix online no that is old as shit. That 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 got discontinued a long ass time ago. I would but imagine they after Matrix Revolutions came out, the last Matrix film, they made a massive, massive multiplayer RPG game called The Matrix Online, and it was to explore the what ha- the universe after the events of that film. So now it's time for people who huge fans of the Matrix to get into it. Now, like, yeah, it's gonna be a cool game, and you get to explore the setting, the lore, and you choose different factions of it. Interesting idea. Uh, don't get me wrong, because I mean, the Matrix. What is the Matrix? The Matrix basically is a real, like, a, a fucking MMO, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you really think about it, it, it was kind of like a kind of like, almost like a perfect match for it. But it just it, it was generic. No one really liked it. I mean, it's just like I, I didn't see very good ratings for it. Um, it looked like shit to me, honestly. It like when I think here's the thing about MMORPGs in particular, RPGs in MMO games is how. Um, you know, I don't like the shitty combat in RPG in like MMORPG games. I don't like your crappy point-based system. I don't like your crappy turn-based fighting for a lot of, you know for a lot of them. And yeah. when I saw the Matrix, it was just like, what's the thing? What's the first thing you think about the Matrix? You think about the kinetic, high, you know, uh, fast-paced, high-octane action. I'm jumping off fucking walls, doing backflips, dodging bullets, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, kung fuing people. And I'm looking at the Matrix online. It's looking like a like these you know, like action figures uh, doing poses and then hitting each other. That's what it looks like to me. And I just, I don't like that. I mean, I know why it's like that because you're trying to compensate for how big your universe is, but it doesn't feel like, to me, the essence of the Matrix. And I, you know, and that's, that, that goes for a lot of MMORPG games. I don't, I don't like how, um, you know, the combat has to kind of just be a means to an end versus something, something that's legitimately fun. Right. Because combat is very much a very that's one of your main interactions in any RPG game. So yeah. when it's when it's when it's shit, it's not going to be very fun for me long term. It's going to be a click fest. I don't want to yeah. play a fucking click that's fest. Something, that's something oh. that I think the division got right is that it still plays like a game. Yeah. But it's not just fucking uh, click on wild war. Yeah. And that kill. is what what impressed me initially about that game. I was so like, okay, it's yeah. fine. I would I would point you towards the beta, but I don't know if I would give it my uh, my raving endorsement for the full sixty dollar purchase. That might be a um, uh, <laughs> not a wise move, but <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's um. Do you want to wrap this up? Sure. Okay. Well, you thank you for listening to. Us noobs talk about games and games and more games. Uh, we have a email. We have an email. I can grammar. Uh, we have an email that you can send us questions. You can send us your hate mail, your questions, your love mail, uh, questionable pictures, whatever you want. I don't check it. So you <laughs> send whatever dirty pictures you want. Actually, don't do that. That might be bad. <laughs> Don't listen to me. Um, it's a podcast at nubis.com. Um, remember to check out the nubis.com for lots of video game, movie, TV related things. Uh, I've been your host, Jeremy, and uh, I was joined by Laura and Eric. Eric, say goodbye. Laura went off into space or something. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Laura, sorry, Laura, Laura had to leave early. Um, you can still find me at dankkoshlor.wordpress.com. I actually have a post now. Oh, anyway. shit. <laughs> yeah, I made my first post, I think, like two days ago, like five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I, just, I had an idea, uh, something that was frustrating me, and I decided to type it out, and I just ended up you know, going ham on it at five o'clock in the morning. Um, yeah, um, I will say my blog is kind of just me for whatever the hell comes to mind. If it offends you in any way, I'm sorry. You're welcome. Oh boy, I'm excited. You're welcome to. You're welcome to. I guess contact. Do we have emails here? I don't know. Contact don't us through the podcast know. or whatever. But just know what I put on my blog is unrelated to Nubis as a whole. So yeah, um, yeah. Go ahead and look at it, guys. So, you know, whatever. If you like it, cool. If you don't, sorry about that. And yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. Bye.